This podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Go to Onnit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Monday, January the 23rd. The joint is brought to you by Manscaped. Listen, if you're still using your ball trimmer on your face, get your shit together. Manscaped has just dropped their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The Beard Hedger is cordless trimmer of your dreams, and it gives you 20 haircutting lengths, from Mr. Clean to Grizzly Adams to everywhere in between. And it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower, in the toilet. I don't give a fuck. And since Manscaped wants you to have it, have all the tools for the job. They're throwing in a beard brush, comb, and scissors to make you look like a million bucks. So do me a favor. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Joey at Manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with code Joey at Manscaped.com. Manscaped Beer Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. One dime, one phone call, 20 Puerto Ricans. You know what I'm saying? The joint is also brought to you by Stamps.com. 2023 is here, so you don't want to wait any longer to set your year up for success. Whether you got a small business or a large business or just, you know, like writing letters, get ahead of the competition by using stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels right from your home office. It's ready to go in minutes. How easy is stamps.com? Let me tell you something. If me and my wife have been using it for over 10 years. Stamps.com, you can use it to print postage. Wherever you do business, all you need is a computer and a printer. With Stamps.com, you can schedule pickup and compare carriers and rates with a click of a button. If you're running an online store, forget about it. Stamps.com works seamlessly with all major shopping carts and marketplaces. So do me a favor, set your business up for success when you get started with Stamps.com today, not tomorrow, today. Sign up with promo code Joey for special offer that includes a four week trial, free postage and digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Joey. It's that simple. Let's get this party started, cocksucker. It's going to be a beautiful day to be alive. happening you bad motherfuckers uncle joey here monday the 20 motherfucking third of january it's a beautiful day to be alive 
and it's going to be a beautiful fucking week to be alive. I've been doing great. Sorry, I've been cutting it down to just one podcast a week, but that's all I can handle right now. I got a couple other things on my plate. You know, I'm raising a family. I'm fucking put a book on audio. It's been a fucking nightmare, so work with me. We'll get this party started back up uh, probably in March or something like that. But a lot of shit's been going on, a lot of stuff in the news, and I'm going to talk to you about one thing that's been on the news, and it's bothered me since fucking day one. And I tried to think about this, and, uh, you know, not everybody's an actor. Not everybody's a comic, and I'm aware of that. And when I sometimes I come on a podcast or I go on some of these podcasts, and I try to make, uh, you know, distinctions, like to explain to you guys what I feel about acting or, you know, whatever the fuck's going on at the time. This, uh, whatever his fucking name is, Russ, the Russ shooting, Alec Baldwin. This has been on everybody, you know, the decision got put out last week and then nobody really said anything about it. Like, I didn't see anything. It's not like I'm looking. And then yesterday morning, I saw there was something on CBS morning, uh, whatever about it and what they're saying. And now the Screen Actors Guild is backing them and shit like that. Let's take it to the beginning here. So you guys know, you have, and I think I've gone over this already, you've got, you have a couple different categories when you're shooting a SAG movie, okay? When you're shooting a union movie, you have different categories. You have scale, which is what you work for, which is, I don't know what it is now. It's six fifty nine a day plus 10. Maybe it's six seventy nine. doesn't matter for the story. And then you have a SAG, it's called something else, like, uh, a lower budget, and that's four fifty six a day. At least it used to be. And then you have what's called like uh, I don't know. It's two fifty a day. Then you got a hundred a day, and then you got fifty dollars a day. Yes, there's movies that they pay you fifty dollars a day for, and they pay it to you with a fucking straight face. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, when you get to Hollywood and you join the Screen Actors Guild, you have to build a resume. Okay, and you, uh, you you do what you can. Like for me, in my case, I was talking to a guy. Uh, I checked in with him yesterday. We've been friends for 25 years. We met on both of our first short film. Like it was his first short film and my first short film. And it was a mobster movie. It was called Another Bobby O'Hara Story. Okay, and that was like SAG, no payment. Like, there's no payment. They basically got no budget, you know? Now, you go, Joey, why would you do a free movie? Well, because you have to learn your craft. You don't want to go on a big six fifty a day movie and fuck it up and then never work again. So what you do is you start off small. Now, in my case, guys, let me tell you my fucking history of shooting. I shot a college film when I was in college, not prison college, but college, college at the University of Colorado, and it won some film festival or something. I didn't go, you know. It was a student film. And then I did an industrial uh, corporate video in Seattle when I was coming up. And then I moved to L.A., and the first thing I booked was a John Fogarty video. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see it? Like yeah, a hurricane? Uh did they even show me? No. You can't. Yeah, you're in it. Oh, I am in it? Because I remember like, like a, split a split second. And then uh, I had no film experience or nothing. And then, boom, I got lucky and I booked basketball. And I had no idea what I was doing, guys. I mean, no fucking idea, right? And then 
I went on that movie and I got a little, you know, I didn't do as well as I wanted to. Nobody said nothing to me, but I just knew by their reaction that I didn't know what I was doing. And that's fine. I didn't, I wasn't supposed to know what I was doing. In fact, when I booked that movie, I was walking by the audition. I was walking by the audition and she goes, are you here for the audition? And you know me, I'm like, yeah. If you're asking me if I'm here, that means I can read for it. Like, I'm ready for it. She didn't know who I was. She made a mistake, and I made a mistake. Then I went in there and just booked it off of fucking watching movies all those years. Just I just took like a beat, whatever. I didn't know what I was doing, guys. And I got put in basketball. I had no idea. When I got to that set, guys, I didn't even know. When they would say hit the marks, I didn't even know hit the marks. Hit the marks is stand in your, on your line. They put lines, and you stand on that. I didn't even know that. They kept saying, sir, can you please stand in your mark? I had no idea what they were talking about. So as soon as basketball was over, I fucking was embarrassed as shit. And I got into a, like a low-end acting class. And, you know, they teach you basic shit. You know, beats and you do scenes. And then I took a cold reading workshop. And I learned from the teachers. They're like, listen, man, we know you do stand-up and stuff, but you want to get your feet wet. You want to do different films. So I must have done, guys, no exaggeration. Let's put a decent number on it. 12 to 15 college films that you'll never see, that nobody will ever see. But it was, I did this one I got to tell you about. It was about valets that do robberies in the valley. And we were at, uh, like, I didn't even live in the valley then when I shot this. I knew nothing about the valley. And ended up years later, I ended up going to that restaurant with my wife. It was called Michelli's. Was it Michelli's? No, no, that's in Hollywood. This was up in the valley. It doesn't really matter. We played valet guys that people would come in and we'd steal their cars, take their keys, go to their house, and rob them while they were eating dinner. And I'll never forget that. When I got there, it was all Chinese crew. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Everybody's Chinese. I, I didn't care. They're probably a lot better than me at shooting. I don't know. And when they screened the movie, I happened to go to that one because it was like right cross street from the comedy store or something and all they shot were feet obviously they didn't know what they were doing either all you saw was legs you saw me one time my head that's it everything you saw was the legs running to and back the cars so everybody's learning it's a learning process guys so you'll say to me joey like you did spider-man too how the fuck you gotta do those shitty films to get to where you're going i did all those and then I just sat back and I booked, uh, I booked uh, Mad TV. That's Screen Actors Guild, but that's not a, a movie. And then I booked, and then I started booking, you know, Analyze That and Taxi, and you guys know the rest of the story. But in there, I mean, I can't come to my mind now how many, you know, the first movie I shot that wasn't scale was 250. And it was very easy. I had to go to Venice. I played a producer. And, you know, whatever, they paid. I think I worked two days, total of 500 bucks, whatever. No big deal. But that's the first time. And then I started, when you guys see those dogs that save Christmas and the dog that save Halloween and all those Disney movies, they're $100 a day movies. I didn't mind doing them, guys. You know me, I got no ego. But let me tell you what happens, okay? When you shoot a movie, it's, I'm a writer, right? Let's say I'm a writer and I write a script. And I write a script about my family, and I'm very connected to it. You know, I'm very connected to this script. This script has a meaning to me. 
and I fucking talked to Pacino. I'm just throwing names here, guys. I don't want you to... You talked to Pacino? No, I talked to Pacino, and I talked to all their agents. I talked to Christopher Walken, and we get them on board. I got an $11 million budget on this movie. I went out and raised $11 million from some hedge fund or whatever. And then what happens as we're going to shoot the movie, something happens. The one hedge fudge guys goes, well, we thought you were going to get Ray Liotta. We didn't agree on fucking, you know, Pacino. We're pulling our money out. And now you're left with $5 million. That categorizes your movie in a different movie. I'm not sure what the SAG things are, and I'm talking out of my ass here. It comes to its budget. So if you don't have the budget for a screen, a scale movie, then it breaks down to four fifty a day or two fifty a day and whatnot. So when when you're broke, right, and you go to the supermarket, right? If you got twenty dollars and that's what you're gonna eat for the week, and you go to the supermarket, you're not gonna get uh, Canada Dry ginger ale. You're gonna get fucking Maluka ginger ale. You know Tom and Jerry's ginger ale. You're not gonna get Boar's Head. You're gonna get fucking Oscar Mayer's cousin. Fucking salami, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to get the good ice. You're not going to get briars. You're going to get fucking funky cold ice cream. There might be a hair in there or a fingernail or a fucking toenail. The same thing happens with movies. But me being blinded by the light of my project, what I wrote, seriously, you're pro- you're blinded by the light. When they call you up and go, hey, you know, this is our budget, nine hundred thousand dollars. Now you got to, now you have to look at your, uh, at your, uh, script and go, oh shit, I can't burn that car on fire because that's going to cost eight thousand dollars. You you follow what I'm saying to you? So all these things get cut out of your movie, and then what's the next thing you do? You start cutting out. You know what? I really want Joey Diaz for this role. I really want him for this role. I need somebody comedically for this role. I can't afford Joey. What the Screen Actors Guild wants me to pay him, I can't afford Joey. You reach out to Joey and make an offer, or you get Joey Light. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who's Joey Light. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, And that's what happens. So you didn't get to shoot the project. You want it because there's not enough money. Now, again, before we get into this shit, I shot all those. I earned my stripes, guys. It's not like I walked on a set with a scarf on. Ha, 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 ha. No, I earned my fucking stripes. I did those student films where they shot my feet. Well, you have to shoot at night. You're pulling all-nighters on these. They're not going to pay you in the fucking daytime because they can't afford the businesses. So if I want to use Holston's like the Sopranos and I want to use it in the daytime, they're going to give me a number. I got to take whatever they make for the day, I got to pay them twice. So if Holston's make 3000 a day, I got to pay them five grand for the fucking day. But if I use it at night, they just want $1,000 and clean the place up. But all these things fuck the actor. They don't, you know what I'm saying? So while you're getting your dream movie made, my script, you're overlooking, you know, now we can't eat steak on Friday no more. We're going to eat cold cuts. Now, you follow what I'm saying to you? So I did all those. Guys, I did from 1998 to probably 2010, no, 2013. 
I must have done. And you could check my fucking uh, IMDb. I know a couple weeks ago, some guy did a reel of all my movies and shit like that. I saw things I didn't even fucking remember. And he had a list of movies that I did that he couldn't get a hold of. You know, I don't remember these fucking things. But my point is that after you do a bunch of, like when I did the Dog Save Halloween, I had to do my own fucking stunts. I'm 400 fucking pounds. I'm falling down the stairs by myself. There's no stunt man. They're not going to get a stunt man to match you. When I did the longest yard, they had a dude to match my body type that you guys never get to see. He still runs around Hollywood saying, that was Joey Diaz's body double in the longest yard. Good guy. <laughs> but, you know, when you do those movies, you're not going to have a buddy double. They can't fucking afford one. So you shoot in dismal conditions. I still remember going on Spider-Man 2 where they had lobster tails on Fridays. And, you know, when you walk in, they had three fucking gallons of pomegranate juice at $25 a gallon. And I would just pick one up and take it to my fucking room. And then two, and then for Spider-Man, like when you'd walk to the set, there'd be a guy that would fucking walk you, open the door for you, and tell you to don't step on the cables. I don't want you to get electrocuted. And you walk in and he walks you to your destination. When you do a $100 day movie, nobody walks you. You know, when you do a $600 day movie, the girls come in, oh, what do you need, a suit? Yeah. They come in, they measure you and shit. When you do a $100 day movie, they just call you and go, you have a suit at the house? Bring it in. We'll work with it. So do you understand what I'm trying to tell you here? When you work on a scale movie, there's two chicks that are like, come on, let's do this. Put these pair of shoes on. When you're fucking on a $100 day movie, you're by your fucking self. You know, there's nobody there to help you, nobody to take the lint off your fucking jacket because you sat on the chair and the chick before you had a cat. Now that hair's going to come out on the fucking screen. You know, these, you ever see a movie and you see a mistake, like a fucking mistake? Like somebody shot a stand-up special a couple of years ago and he forgot that he had a string on his. Yeah, I remember that. I forget who it was, but yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is what low budget is. That's what you're going to get. Now, let's cover the other end of the situation. The other spectrum of this fucking situation is weapons on a set. Guys, somebody told me once, Joey, how many times do you get shot in movies? <laughs> you know, I got shot in movies like you wouldn't fucking believe, okay? And I'll tell you, I never did a movie before Brandon Lee's death, but I did a ton of movies after 1999, okay? I don't know how many movies I've been shot at or killed, or whatever. I'm going to tell you what the protocol is, just so you guys know at home. You ready? It's this fucking easy. You get on a set, everybody welcomes you. How you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm the first AD. I'm wardrobe. I'm this. I'm the cook. Nice to meet you. Okay, we're going to go to your trailer, relax for 10, 15 minutes, put your stuff down, get your head together. We'll come in. We'll bring in your wardrobe. And then people come in to talk to you. This is your first day. So now you get like the wardrobe chick comes in to check your sizes or whatever or to bring your clothes in. You've already been to wardrobe. Then a guy comes in and throws paperwork at you. You got to do 22 pages of paperwork right when you get there. You know, everything they already have, your name, address, all that shit. Then the armorer comes in and he introduces himself. He tells you what scene number you're in, what... uh what they expect of you, like on this scene, you're going to be shooting him or he's going to be shooting you. And they, they just break it down. Don't worry about it. We'll go over it in blocking. And they introduce themselves and they talk to you. Once you get dressed and go through the hoopla, once you get to that shoot scene, they really 
put attention to that shoot scene, okay? And when it's time for them to hand the gun to you, they turn the gun around, and if it's a revolver, they pop the revolver and they show you the inside of it. If it's a, a fucking, uh, you know, an automatic, they pop and show you the bullet in the chamber, shotgun, whatever the fuck you're carrying, okay? You get to examine it, close it, and then you get to do your scene. When that scene is over, no, no, no. When that take is over, you ready for this? Not when the scene is over. As soon as you shoot them and they go, action, cut. The guy comes over again, takes the weapon from you, examines it, and before they take another take, he opens the weapon again, shows it to you, and you do it again. And this is over and over. And you're there like, come on, guy, you're going to show me the weapon every two minutes? But because of Brandon Lee, you're like, I'll take a look at that. I don't want to shoot somebody. And I don't want to be shot by nobody. This is just common fucking sense, okay? So I've been on those sets, and they show you the fucking gun, and they do the whole fucking thing, and, and this is it. This is what it is. Now, let me tell you what went wrong in fucking New Mexico. Let me tell you what went wrong. Now, when I go into this, I don't want you to go, Joey, but you're not a big fan of Alec Baldwin. I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of Alec Baldwin, but I'm a fan of movies, and I'm a fan of humanity. So I'm going to take that out of the fucking equation here. You have a $100 day movie and you got guns on that movie, okay? If you listen to the story, they wanted the armorer and they couldn't get him, so they went with the daughter instead. Because instead of having to pay her $1,000 a day, they probably paid her $150 a day. I don't know. I'm not, you have to look at the documents. I'm just telling you what I know when I work on those fucking movies. The food quality is bad. Uh, you know, because you have to cut costs. Not to mention, they were shooting during COVID. Now, I don't know what it adds to a TV, uh, a movie, but I know the TV show, like CBS, NBC, uh, Fox, when you shoot an episodic, it adds $400,000 to the budget to have COVID testing, and that's for TV, and they spend a lot of money, and they do it. I'm not saying that's what it was for that movie. But it had to be up there, and it affects the bottom line, like what we talk about. So now, if you were thinking of having a car explosion, you definitely have to cut it out because you got to pay for COVID, whatever. So this movie was shot during COVID. Four or five days before the shooting, people started quitting the set because it was unsafe because they were like yahoos down there. They were like fucking Cubans on the 4th. They were like Cubans on the 5th when they get the check from the government. They were fucking doing bullet practice. What's that? They were doing target, target practice with bottles, and they were using real gun. They were using real bullets. Okay, so now they had bullets scattered on like a barrel, and they had so right there alone that's negligence. But let me tell you something: when you work with a fucking armorer, that's like a fucking marine, or he's an ex-cop. There's no fucking target practice. Okay, you follow what I'm saying to you? So right there, that's all negligence. Number two, now is when we get into the Baldwin situation. This is a guy with a huge fucking ego. Now, I've been on sets with huge egos. They do, they push the boundaries to let everybody else know how strong and important they are. Do you follow what I'm saying to you? They push the boundaries to push the flex on you, to let you know what they could get away with. And you're never going to get away with that because I'm Alec Baldwin or whoever the fuck the, the ego of the week is. And that's happened ton. I saw it 
on The Many Saints in Newark. I saw it on every movie I've worked on. There's always that one guy that he's a little bit more special than everybody. So he's going to, and in this case, if you know anything about Alec Baldwin, it was Alec Baldwin. Remember years ago when he got thrown off the plane because he wouldn't shut his phone off because he was playing like a fucking pocket game or something? You know, this is the ego we're fucking playing with here. So think about this guy on this set. And uh, just think about his attitude. I could just imagine how he was walking around this fucking set. You know, and those sets, what burns me up about those $100 day sets, I worked on a movie called Boilermaker. Bunch of fucking dickheads in the end of the day. It was a 23-day movie, and we had to shoot 23 days in a row because you were shooting, it was a... it was a, uh, you know, like a, a cast where everybody was going to be in the scene. It was an AA meeting, so everybody was going to be in the scene. So there was no days off for anybody. So you had to work 23 days in a row. And uh, I get there, and the, the first day, they're great. But I look at the craft service table, and it's a little light, guys. Should I be angry? In a, in, a, in a general, in a, in, a, in a regular day, I shouldn't be angry. But let me tell you something, guys. I just want to tell you what I pay out, okay? When I shoot something, I pay out 10% commission to my agent. And then I pay four times a month, I got to pay SAG, uh, a fee. I don't know what it is, 140, right? 140, maybe 150 a quarter. And then... At the end of the year, they tax me on all the commissions, I, all the residuals I get, and anything I shot, I have to give them back 2%. Okay? They bill me on that on the 31st of December. So it costs me about $800, $900 to be a member of SAG every year. I know. I'm a fucking moron. I know. And that's for everybody, with the exception, you know, whether you're making $80,000 a year or not. That's what you're fucking paying. So now let me ask you this. I'm paying this type of money. When I shoot a fucking movie, everything better be in fucking order. You know, my first five movies, I went in there with my nose wide open and I did whatever the fuck they told me to. But after you start getting hit, I'm paying for this, guys. I pay a lot of fucking money to Screen Actors Guild. And they want me to make, like... a year to gain insurance. So on all this shit, guys, it's, I want you to know, we're not, I'm not whining here. What I'm fucking telling you is that I pay a lot of money. So when I pay a lot of fucking money and I go on that set and I look at a fucking craft service table. Now, what do I want from a craft service table? Potato chips, some fucking fruit, some sodas, some cereal, maybe some granola. Just to keep everybody happy, some sugar, you know, for, not for me, but for everybody else. These motherfuckers had like 10 bags of peanuts on a fucking table. I didn't say nothing. And they, make this, they made this work on Sundays. Now, when you pull somebody away from their family on a Sunday, do me a favor. Make them feel like they're special. Buy them a cup of fucking Starbucks. You know, when they get there, have fucking McDonald's. Egg McMuffins. That shows me that you you care. No, I get there on a fucking Sunday and there's nothing on that fucking table. And it's going to be a 12-hour day. And we're not breaking, 
the first six hours for lunch. You know, if you want a snack, you go over there, you get an apple, you get a fucking yoo-hoo. They had nothing. I threw a fucking conniption. I just went off. I was just getting off Coke. It was like my fifth day off powder. I fucking went off in there. They had to ask me to go home. And I said, I'll be back tomorrow. There better be fucking food on that table. I was pissed. <laughs> you know, when you're getting off drugs, you're craving fucking sugar and shit. <laughs> yeah. I get there on a fucking Sunday. There's nothing. And then like a year later, I shot a, a thing called Raffaello's. And these guys were paying me $100 a day. Uh, to be honest with you guys, they said they would pay me cash. That's the only reason why I did it. Because it was a night shoot, and I know from there I could get the $100 and go buy a bag of Coke. And that's the only reason why I fucking did it. It was a pizza place. And they're all over L.A., Raffaello's. Raffaello's was a weird thing because Raffaello's was like the dumbest thing I ever shot in my life. It was $100 a day. The first night I got there, I was pissed off because there was nothing on that fucking craft service table. But they were giving me $100 cash. So if you want a bag of peanuts, you could buy it on your own. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm one of those motherfuckers. I get it. They gave me that $100. I tore ass out of there and went to my dealer's house and bought a grandma blow, whatever the fuck I bought. But when I got back the second night, it looked like the Taj Mahal in there. They had everything. I mean everything. Sandwiches, pizzas, fucking cookies. You know why? Because the after, at the time it was after the after people were there. And he's like, how you doing? I started talking to the guy and fucking, I said to him, can I ask you a question? He was the spokesperson from after or whatever, the, the rep, and he came on the set to make sure everything was good. He goes, uh, I go, hey man, that's a lot of food tonight. He goes, that's the way it's always supposed to look. I go, last night didn't look like that. And he went right in his wallet, he gave me a card. He goes, anytime you go to a set, and it doesn't look like that, you call me immediately. Call this office within minutes because that's the way that set is supposed to fucking look. But on those $100 day movies, they cut them. After 10 of those, I was like, I really got to think about these $100 day movies. I'm going to hit you with an ad real quick. I'll be right the fuck back. Four and a... Four NFL teams, two conference championships. I need my glasses for this shit. And only few more shots to win big on playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. This Saturday and Sunday is gotten down to Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in free bets. But I'll tell you what, you're not a new customer, you could still get on the action with the stepped up same game parlays. Listen, the more fucking legs you add, the more money you win. Take your shot at even bigger NFL payouts. Boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100% boost. So do me a favor. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code Joey. New customers. Sign up. $5. If your team comes in, going to win 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Joey. Listen. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We got a bunch of great games Friday and Saturday. You're either going to have Cincinnati against Kansas City or you're either going to have Buffalo against Kansas City on Saturday and you're either going to have Philadelphia against fucking Dallas or Philadelphia against San Francisco. It's going to be great. Fucking this is my time of the year. 
So get ready, download the Sportsbook app, use code Joey, and let's get ready to have some fucking fun this Super Bowl. And now, back to the podcast. All right, so now let's wrap this motherfucker up. So, I told you the explanations and why I feel the way I do about these low-budget fucking movies. Now, let's take... SAG came out and said that uh, a couple people spoke up for Alec Bolden. SAG was one of them, and a bunch of people already saying, why would SAG go up, back him after he shot some like low set i don't know what the fucking story was but here's my fucking thing should alec baldwin we charged absolutely and he got charged with two counts of fucking involuntary i don't know if it's homicide or manslaughter involuntary manslaughter that takes a charge of what six to ten years I did time with a couple guys that did involuntary manslaughter, and they both got like six years, you know, getting drunk, having a fight at a fucking party, knocking somebody out, and the guy dies in the hospital, that type of shit. A lot of people are saying he should not be charged. I'd fucking charge him if I was the DA. When you do that bottle practice, that target practice, it's like when I kidnapped Kent Vela. There was a machine gun involved. Okay, and whether I used it or not, whether I pointed at him or not, it didn't matter. It was a potential for violence. Okay, that's a potential for violence thing. Number two, he is the producer. I'm sick and tired. This is, if I was his family, I would sue Alex, I would sue the movie, and to be honest with you, I would sue the Screen Actors Guild. I'm probably going to get hell for saying this, but I don't give a fuck because I'm talking from the heart here. I'm talking from, I'm talking from right. You know, you work all your life. You fucking put up with shit. You go to fucking acting classes. You go to all these seminars and shit. And then you're going to sell me out as my union to shoot $50 a day movies, $100 a day movies with these people who are fucking scumbags. You know, I mean, you tell me who you would fuck who's responsible for this shit. If I fall and break my leg on a fucking set, I'll sue the whole fucking... I'll, everybody goes taken down. Everybody gets taken down because they weren't looking out for me. They tell you they're looking out for you, but they're really not. All they're concerned is shooting their fucking movie. That's it. That's what they do. They don't give a fuck about you or how you feel. or All they're concerned is about their fucking dream. They don't give a fuck what you're going through, if you're not hungry. You know, like I said, listen, guys, I don't like working fucking Sundays, whether it's on a movie or doing stupid fucking comedy, waiting all day to talk to 80 fucking strangers on a Sunday night. Why would I want to shoot a movie on a fucking Sunday? You know what I'm saying? So if we shoot anything on Sunday or Saturday, take care of us. Give us a little extra. I don't want $100. You know, I shot a movie once that was low budget with fucking Dick Van Dyke and his son. Uh, you know, those Hallmark movies. They paid four fifty a day. They gave you a great lunch. I think I shot two days on it, but they put a bottle of wine in your room. They put a sweatshirt in your room, and they gave you a $100 gift certificate to some deli in, in the valley. I forget the name of it now. The one across from Jerry's Deli. That $100 card, I used that three times to get lunches. I love Dick Van Dyke. I love that Hallmark thing because they made a little bit of a fucking difference, guys. 
You know, that's, that's kind of nice. So you didn't pay me my rate, but guess what? You got me a nice bottle of wine. You gave me a nice little fucking sweatshirt. You wrote a nice handwritten fucking note. And then you gave me a $100 gift certificate to some fucking stupid deli. Art, arts, Arts Deli in Studio City. How good did I feel after that? These motherfuckers, they don't give a fuck. So on that movie there, hey, think about this. People were walking off the set days before the shooting that it was unsafe. That was it. That means it's on the fucking producer. Who's the fucking producer? Scumbag. Alec Baldwin is one of the fucking producers. Yes, he was one of the producers on the movie. See, when you do a hundred dollar a day movie, they what, what's Alec Baldwin is worth what fifty million dollars, and you're gonna make hundred dollars a day? No. So what they offer you is a producer, a producer credit. So now you get a residual on a producer credit, and you get a producer credit, and you get an acting credit. So if the movie hits, you get a check for life from that producer set. That's the deal they make those guys. Number two, they shoot those movies usually during the holidays because that's when actors are home in L.A. Like whenever I shot on a holiday movie, I shot it in December because I'm not going to fucking commit to a movie I'm getting on a holiday when I could be shooting something for $600 that might come up tomorrow. I don't fucking know what's coming up. So they do them in December. If you get calls for those, they're always like, we're shooting after Thanksgiving because people, okay, I'll do four days on your movie What? The, and I'll go away to fucking Hawaii or whatever the fuck movie stars do. So they make you a producer. If the movie hits, you get a check. You know how much of those fucking movies hit? Not never. What's the chick from uh, the boxing movie with Clint Eastwood? That she died in the ring. Or she, they crippled her. She did a movie that was a holiday movie. And the movie blew up. So now when you do a movie, that's what they tell you. These movies are great. People see them. No, they don't. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. There's a tremendous film on called... It's with Ray Liotta and... and uh, I think it's Into the Blue or something like that. It's Ray Liotta and Fuck Dutt's wife. Justin Timberlake's wife. And the guy that played the fucking football player in Fast Times in Ridgemont High. The big black guy. Armando Casillo, the guy from fucking, I forget what the name of the movie is. It's a Ray Liotta and whatever his wife. She plays a stripper. Ray Liotta plays her father who got out of jail and wants to reconnect with his stripper daughter. He doesn't know she's a stripper. And he goes to the strip club and gets a lap dance from her. It's a fucking creepy movie. But it's not a bad fucking movie. It's a low-budget movie. Nobody ever saw that movie. If you see it and you go, how come I never heard of this movie? I'll tell you why. It's a low-budget movie. So it was somebody's dream to make that movie. They didn't get the proper financing. Who the fuck knows how they ended up getting Justin Timberlake's wife and, uh, and fucking Ray Liotta and the King of Scotland's fucking to be in the movie. I have no idea. It's a great script, like I said, and it needed to be shot. But one of my friends is in the movie. He's, he plays the hot dog man outside the bar, Armando Casillo. We're all friends, Gabriel, all those guys. <clears throat> so I, I saw him and I go, man, you did great in that movie. How come I never heard of that movie? And he goes, because it was a low-budget movie. And uh, they ran out of financing for the marketing area of it. So this is why, what I say to you guys on one side, I want to do this movie because it's going to help me build my resume. It's going to make me a better actor. I'll be stronger. But on the other fucking side, 
you know, if, if I'm going to fucking do something to wear me out. Now, I did them for a long time. And I did them with no ego. After the longest yard I did them, people would say to me, why are you doing these? <clears throat> and I'd say, when I win an Oscar, then I'll stop doing these. I'm never going to win an Oscar, but I'll stop doing those when I become a really good actor. I started realizing that those movies were a fucking wear out. Because if they give you $100 a day, I got to pay 10 bucks commission. That leaves me at 90 I got to pay taxes. Then I got to dry clean my suit. So basically, I made no fucking money. So finally, one day, I was getting, after the, after the, after the strike in 2008, 2007, it took a while to get things going. So what happened was, you know, people were coming up on all day movies, and I kept doing them, doing them, doing them. And one day, I go, you know what, man? I'm going to get hurt on one of these things. I did that one about the shark, the, the Jersey shark fucking thing and shit. <laughs> With the program, you know, guys, listen, and that's what those movies are. I don't know, when you're shooting that, I always ask myself, when you're shooting it, you should be saying, who the fuck's going to see this? Like, nobody's going to see it. Like, they would come up to me and go, Joey, the line is the car, and I would, in the back of my head, like, nobody's going to see this anyway. Why are we shooting this shit? And once I got to that attitude, mm -hmm. I stopped doing them. And I kept, I kept getting calls from calls, calls, calls. And finally, one day, I go, fuck this shit. I'm not doing any more Hunter Day movies. I didn't work for about seven months. I was starting to get fucking nervous. And I got the call for fucking uh, the Stallone Kevin Hart movie. And I said, see, you have to close one door before you open up a fucking another. And that's it. That's why I don't do those movies no more. And during the pandemic, guess what? I was getting, when I moved here, the first three months, I was in fucking hell. Michael, tell you. And I was getting calls. I remember calling my agent going, I want to work, but I want to work in Jersey if you could find me something. They're like, George Clooney is shooting a movie in Jersey. I'll see if we get you in the movie. Let me tell you something, guys. I got like 15 auditions, and they were all $100 a day movies. And they were shooting like in North Carolina. They were shooting like in Florida, fucking, uh, they even asked me if I wanted to go to the Dominican Republic to shoot a hundred all day movie. And I was like, listen, during COVID, like I said, you're going to have to fucking uh, cut the budget because of COVID financing, all that shit. So I was like, if fucking hundred all day movies were a grind before this shit, what are these movies now? I mean, do I want to be involved with one of these piece of shit fucking movies? So that's, I told my agent, don't send me, but they kept sending me these fucking auditions for these holiday movies, and I'm like, if this movie shoots in Jersey, I'll do it, because it's no fucking, you know, I don't have to go anywhere. You probably have to pay your own plane ticket for those fucking movies. You know, they're low budget. So I'm like, I'm not going to get involved. And again, it's not because of an ego or anything like that, because at the end of the day, I'm 60. What the fuck is it going to do for me? I'm going to go down there and get beat up. I'm going to go down there and get stuck on a fucking plane, get beat up, end up getting shot by fucking Alec Baldwin or whatever his fucking name is. Nah, I'm not doing this shit. And I'm happy I didn't. He decided he was going to go down there and be a big shot in New Mexico and shoot this fucking movie, and look what happened. When I heard that this happened, I, I was upset about the girl's family. You know, somebody lost their life. A director got shot. But I was very happy that this happened because it had to happen. It had a fucking, these people getting out of fucking control with SAG. And that's why they shoot these movies out of state. So SAG's not around.
You know what the chance, like New Mexico, SAG is down there. SAG's got an office down there because they do so much fucking shooting down there. But when they shoot like in Oklahoma and all these other places, Montana, what do you think, SAG people going to go up there? They just want their fucking envelope. And that's why you have more freedom. Like when we shot the longest yard, we were in fucking Santa Fe, New Mexico. Guys, it was a fucking party down there. Once we got to Orange County and we shot the next 12 weeks up there, the fucking suits were all over the set every day. You couldn't smoke pot on there no more. You know, you couldn't do dick anymore. But what really cracks me up about this whole situation was as soon as I heard that fucking he was getting charged, I knew there was one motherfucker that was happy, and that man's name is Donald Trump. That motherfucker... I was like, Donald, because the day he did it, I read a tweet or something, not a tweet because he's off Twitter. The day he did it, I fucking read this thing from him going, throw him in jail. Trump was like at home going, throw him in jail. He's mentally disturbed. His impersonation of me was fucking terrible and all this. And I agree with him. I used to look at that impersonation and go, who the fuck laughs at that? Only Gentiles laugh at that shit. Only people go, oh my God, it's so good. It was horrible. And he kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And finally, Trump got his last fucking laugh. Because if you don't think Trump had something to do with it, and I was thinking about this all week. And this morning, when it was on CBS Morning News, uh, Sunday morning, fucking, <laughs> I saw this thing. I went on the computer, and they had the CNN interview. And then under it was like a joke thing going that uh, the conspiracy theory is that the Republicans and Donald Trump Got the DA to fucking uh, press charges on him or some shit, which I knew, you know, we're living in a day of everything is a conspiracy theory, you know. Everybody's involved in a fucking conspiracy theory. You know, for 50 years, we denied UFOs. Now they're everywhere. Have you noticed it lately? They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> UFOs are everywhere. What did I tell you fucking two years ago about the UFOs in Jersey? I got so much hate, man. Well, when we go to the city on fucking Saturday night, I'll stop on Boulevard East. If you're on Boulevard East, you give it four hours, you'll see a fucking, you'll see something going through the air. You fucking lower the window, you hear that Martian music. But Boulevard East, they see them constantly over there. People who live in those buildings will tell you fucking stories for years. When I did that podcast with Jimmy Florentine, so many fucking people reached out to me. Just talking about UFOs in Jersey. And if you Google it, where are the most sightings for UFO? It's not fucking New Mexico or Ground Zero. It's New York City. Go ahead, look it up. Mm -hmm. Look it up right now. You people at home, where are the most fucking UFOs seen? Right there, an hour from here. They dip down into that Hudson River like Sully. They fucking dip down and they do their little, they spin around. <laughs> and they get the fuck out. You think I'm kidding you? Dog, you look at that Hudson County report, Hudson County Park. You go deep into that. If you go on YouTube, 1975 Martians land in the Hudson County Park in North Bergen, New Jersey. <laughs> okay? If you go deep into that fucking thing and then Google the paperwork on it. Trust me, I was on the road one night, and I was smoking pot, and I went into a fucking hole with that shit. I was like, because Rogan and all those guys are always talking about UFOs, and they're like the authority on UFOs, and nobody's ever said, well, 
fucking Jersey, you know, New York City, Jersey. Just that, when I remembered that they landed in Hudson County Park, and some one of my friends called me last week. He's like, I listened to one of the podcasts you talking about that. Like they, everybody remembers, but they just won't talk about us being kids going up there. The park had the police tape around it on the corner. They were fucking digging. The feds were digging and shit. They had those, you know, like those people who go to bees, like work with bees. They had those masks on. I'll fucking never forget that shit, dog. I was a kid. I was a fucking kid. So now everybody's seeing UFOs, pilots. That's all they're seeing them. So I guess I was a fucking idiot when I did the podcast a couple of years ago. Because I'm not a Martian guy. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I'm not a fucking, uh, you know, UFO guy. But I do remember that like a motherfucker. And it didn't fail because I hate all that shit. I hate Star Trek. I can't stand all that shit. So. Yeah, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Science fiction, fiction, it don't matter. It all goes out my fucking dick hole. But it's a fucking new week, guys. I've been doing great lately. I really have. This new year has agreed with me a lot. Uh, like I said, I had a rough week last week. A little bit of a rough week, but not, not enough. You know, I get pissed off where I live. It's boring, shit like that. But not enough to, you know. I'm happy here. Uh, I'm doing this the best job that I can, you know, for what I got right now. I'm excited about the show Saturday night. It's the last show. It's officially fucking sold out. We got a great lineup. We got Mike Klein, Lee, Whoa. Dean Del Rizzi's coming. Tara's coming. It's going to be fucking great. You know, there's no tickets available, and I feel bad. But we'll start it back up again in the fall. And, uh, you know, that's how it goes, man. I'm not doing this full time anymore. I'm just going to put little tours together. No planes. No fucking planes. I don't want to. This is the plane situation. This country's getting worse. I think I'll drive. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to do. I'll do a residency, AC, something, you know, something when the time is right. But this has been a, I'll tell you what's been my strong point this year so far. I've been journaling fucking great lately. I don't know what it is. For a while there, my journaling was off. That shit sailed. My journaling is on fire now. I'm sticking to it. I've had a lot of problems sleeping lately, so I started journaling at night to dump. You know, just to dump. Before I, Some nights I get too tired and I fucking don't do it. And 2 o'clock in the morning I wake up and I'm pissed about somebody fucking taking a parking spot from me in 1984. <laughs> so I had to start dumping at night and... Uh, it's just been great, guys, you know. I had a problem last week. They fucking finally fucking stitched up this bottom half of my face. You can't see it. That's why I didn't do nothing Wednesday. They they stitched it like, uh, I forget how they call it, on the inside. And it fucking swole up. And then finally, the cyst finally fucking busted. So we're on the right track there. And, guys, I can't. Uh, this is the best I could do right now. I could do one podcast a week. I was struggling for a long time. I'm starting to get out of my fucking struggle, you know, and uh, that's it. 2020 fucking three is here. I'm officially, uh, what am I, a fucking less than a month away from turning 60. And it's been on my mind a lot lately. It's been on my mind a lot. I'm not bummed about it. I mean, listen, when you turn 60, when you turn 50, you start getting bummed. That's when you start praying at night. You never pray. Like, you stop. Yeah, you start, you start. You don't pray at all till you're, like, 50. Then you're like, oh, shit. Things are getting serious now. So you never fucking pray till you're 60. But 60 is, uh, you're no longer a novice. You know what I'm saying? Now, you're definitely in debt's fucking way. 
but I've been working out hard, guys. Uh, I've still been going to my two jujitsus a week. I'm really enjoying that. I'm seeing progress there. I'm seeing progress on my health. I'm losing fucking weight, and I'm, uh, I've switched my diet around. I'm only eating the eggs three days a week. I eat special K and a, and a bowl of fruit now, four days a week. It's a different life, and I don't miss the other life I had. This is just perfect for what I'm doing. I don't need to go up and jump up and down. I don't need to fucking shoot somebody on a set. I, I just live my life now. I really don't care if the phone rings. If it rings, I really don't give a fuck. So I'm looking forward to 2023, guys. It's finally starting to pay off for me, and uh, that's all I could tell you. I'm excited about the fucking Super Bowl. I'm excited about my birthday. My wife asked me if I want to have a party. Nah. I might have like a little get-together, maybe cook something, have some people come over, but what am I going to do, throw myself at my own 60-year-old party? Hi, oh my God, but he's a jolly good fellow. Get the fuck out of here. My wife's like, do you want to go to a restaurant, maybe get like a back room? Not really. I'm not into that shit, guys. I just want to go out into the night and just have a great time with my daughter. Like I told you, man, my best night of the week is Saturday night. We got the honeymooners. The last night I went over, two nights ago, I went over to Pickled Herring. I got some Chinese cookies. I got some diet cream sodas, and that's what we had during the honeymooners. I mean, you're never, I'm never going to do a comedy show on a fucking Saturday ever again. Like, this one starts at 8, but we usually get back about 11.30. You got another half hour to go, so at least I could watch. One, one, one Saturday night I came in here, and the mushrooms kicked in as I walked in, and she came right down. Dad, are we watching honeymooners? I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's going great, too. Me being a dad, getting a second chance, this is really working out for me. And uh, I'm just happy for the first time in a long time, guys. You know, something was eating Gilbert Grape when I lived in L.A., and I'm done. I shook that motherfucker, and now I'm on to greening motherfucking pastors, man. So we're here. It's another fucking Monday. It's going to be a great week. Fucking powder your balls and let these motherfuckers know you're not fucking around this week. Do not forget, uh, my boy from Stoner Club came over the other day. And he brought me some fucking, like, just a gift weed, like apple fritters or something like that. That motherfucker had some kick to it, guys. So if you're in Jersey and you want some fucking nice weed delivered to your house, he's got great fucking edibles. I love his edibles. He's got great vapors. Those true dose edibles, they don't fuck around, guys. So I'm telling you right now, if you're bored, you're lonely, and you want to get the party started, go to stonerclub.com. Look at the fucking, what they got on there. And guys, it's going to blow you fucking away. They deliver right to you. It's cheap. It's convenient. If you use Uncle Joey, you get 10% off for life. And uh, they're doing it in New York now. New York is back open. I think New Jersey still has some uh, sashimi, laughing gas sashimi. If they don't, if they're out by now, we'll get it for them in the next couple of weeks. So uh, keep going to Stoner's Club. I'm really... Happy that you guys are using it. I'm happy motherfuckers are smoking laughing gas. I'm getting emails from all over the fucking country. I saw Be Real fucking Be Real called, and he's like, Joey, this shit is, laughing gas is tremendous, guys. And it's even better in New Jersey because everything is 24% and tastes like fucking dirt. Some buddy of mine gave me weed. I couldn't fucking believe. He's like, it's, it's not good, guys. It's not good. So if you can get your hands on some fucking pirated laughing gas, 
Do the best you can, motherfuckers. And without further ado, that's it. It's a beautiful Monday morning podcast, guys. Have a great week. Stay black and don't forget about me. Hopefully, I'll see you Saturday night. If not, I'll see you sometime in the fucking uh, spring. I love you, motherfuckers. Have a great week. And uh, see you guys next Monday. Tip Top Magoo. And now for a word from my motherfucking sponsors. All right. Thank you for listening today. But as usual, the joint is brought to you by DraftKings. Listen, four NFL teams, two conference championships, and only a few shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets. Listen, man, I'm digging, I don't know, it looks like it's going to be Buffalo and Kansas City. I, I don't know. So far, so good. But hey, it's Saturday and Sunday. And if you're not a new customer, you can still get on the action with stepped up same game parlays. Take your shot at even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Joey. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Joey. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The joint is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Listen, when it comes to Stamps.com, I love them because it's easy to use, easy to work with, and you save money. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels right from your home or office. It's ready to go in minutes. Use stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer. That's it. And if running your and if you're running an online store, stamps.com works seamlessly with all major shopping carts and marketplaces. So set your business up for success when you get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Joey for a special offer that includes a four-week trial and a free postage and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Joey. That's it. And the joint is also brought to you by my one of personal favorites because you got to keep your balls trimmed up guys and that's manscape manscape has just dropped their brand new beard hedger pro kit oh my fucking god is this tremendous i left mine upstairs and not i'd show it to you cocksuckers the beard hedger is the cordless trimmer of your dreams and gives you 20 hair cutting lengths from mr clean to fucking santa claus to everything in between and it's waterproof with a light so you can shave in the fucking shower with one eye closed and since manscape wants you to have all the tools for the job and they're throwing in the beard brush comb and scissors to make you look like fucking Johnny Baluk. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Joey at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with code Joey at manscaped.com. Manscaped, beard hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. I want to thank Manscaped. I want to thank stamps.com and I want to thank the best DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys for fucking supporting, and I'll see you guys next Monday morning. Tip top motherfucking Magoo. Love you. Stay black.